this uh, This is Joe Cole. This is Ruben Loftus Cheek, and you're listening to the London, the London is Blue podcast. All right, Chelsea fans, welcome back to another summer episode of the London is Blue podcast. So, as your host, Brandon Drummond, I'm a host, Nick and Dan, gentlemen. Uh, we've wrapped up the season officially, which means it's now time to turn our attention not to the Euros, because as Americans, we are not participating, but instead, Nick, we are ready for uh, a, a, a tradition that we've been doing for quite a few years now. I think uh, something that most of our listeners are are very interested in, in hearing about, and that is the annual Keep Sell Loan. That is right, but that's not exactly what we're doing to start off this year, right? We're, we're doing something a little bit different because every Keep Sell Loan that we do inevitably comes with a bunch of malarkey because <laughs> there's a lot of it's a lot of differing opinions on what people want to do with our roster and while it does cause a, some really interesting conversation uh we've also over the years developed a foolproof system to to better it each time this year we've added an extra layer of protection dan tell us about it well it's the dentist system uh so we just want to employ that <laughs> uh okay uh always sunny jokes aside uh and before we kind of get in fully i think one thing we, we did kind of want to put in here too is just you know thoughts and prayers for christian erickson obviously that was uh, one of the most traumatic things that i think if you were watching that you witnessed if you read about it i'm sure you felt it as well but so amazing to see that he is on the road to recovery here and shout out to the Danish players, to the officials, to the wonderful medics who were on the scene and just pulled out a miracle. And so uh, amazing that we uh, are not kind of talking about a more somber situation. And so, uh, yeah, give you guys a moment to react to that one, too, before we jump into the manifesto. Yeah, uh, I think the f- the. You know, besides what you just said, obviously the on, on the field reactions, uh, it's incredibly hard to watch. I didn't see it in real time because I was playing golf yesterday, but it was it was really hard to watch the replay of. And I think the way that the Finnish team welcomed the Danes back out on the field was incredibly uh, just emotional for me. I think the fans coming together to chant Christian Eriksson's name, I think all the goal reactions from around the world – whether it be from Hugman Son or from Romelu Lukaku or or anyone who scores uh, in this tournament, I think that's that's really the essence of sportsmanship, um, and which is why we love this game so much. Uh, and the second thing I'll say is, if you try to grow your personal brand off of a moment like that, fuck you, flat out, fuck you. And you want to come and talk to me? Come and talk to me. All, all fair, all valid, absolutely. Um, you know, things are bigger than that. Uh, just again, I was, I was out at the cabin this weekend, and I missed it in real time too. But seeing the messages flood in, and it was everywhere on social media. I mean, it, like obviously, my Twitter feed is mainly football and soccer. Uh, every single person had reacted to it, and so um, super scary. I was so glad that by the time I got to it, it had been reported that he's in stable condition and everything was good. Uh, but I couldn't imagine seeing that in real time and literally wondering like, is this person alive anymore? Um, and just so, so crazy to see. So, 
uh, the human side of the game came out. And uh, thank you to 95% of you for being awesome and supportive and uh, on point. Uh, for those of you that um, were misguided, uh, learn from it and be better. Well, and, and I'll say too, I mean, it, the, the medical team came out today and said that he was actually gone. Like on the field, he was actually cardiac arrest right no pulse right and so the so i I think a special shout out for simon kiar uh who is denmark's captain uh there's a twitter thread out there that showed the like three or four crucial things that he did including making sure that erickson's tongue wasn't uh being uh asphyxiating asphyxiating him right okay better uh and then he rolled him over and put him in the proper uh position to be treated he also went and, and consoled Erickson's wife uh, in a really difficult moment, or girlfriend, whoever um, she is. He's just a man and a leader, and like that, those seconds, those crucial 15, 20 seconds, might have saved his friend and, and teammate's life, and that is just so impressive. And I put this out there yesterday too, Dan, that uh, may we all have our finest moment in the most difficult circumstance. You know, I think that's just an incredible lesson to be prepared. Yeah, it definitely underlined uh, some memories of Boy Scout CPR training to refresh on that, you know, because you never know when you're going to be called into action. And then I saw a couple of recommendations from people about, you know, obviously the Super League Six are paying some funds back into the FA and maybe a great idea is to disperse those and ensure that all levels of grassroots football have some level of defibrillator around to prevent these type of situations. So hopefully from what was a terrible moment, there will be a lot of really great positive change as we just come to terms with the fragility of uh, our existence. Yeah, man, human life is fleeting and so glad to hear that he's texting his teammates and he's, you know, back and stable, but man, uh, hell of a way to start off that tournament couldn't imagine finishing that match whatsoever um but hey just to bring it back a little bit obviously um we are going to be discussing what nick was alluding to earlier as the chelsea transfer manifesto um and we're actually going to provide a definition to what we mean when we say that specifically by using the words in that definition to provide no clarity or context uh for all of you uh so dan good luck with that uh, what the hell is a transfer manifesto? And why are we even doing this before we get into the actual keeping, selling, and loaning of our current roster? Well, look, you know, I think every organization, every company, every chapter of a organization has some type of guiding rules or principles or charter of how they act and they operate and Chelsea has one as a club and organization I'm sure they actually have their own internal guidelines for what they do regarding transfers and their squad management squad policy maybe some are written maybe some are just spoken and remembered and you know, brought back off and dusted off to serve in particular situations but you know to me you know I think about Things like the the elements of style. You know, I was going through school and we were doing a lot of our writing and our organization of documentation. We would leverage you know certain tenets, certain ideas to help frame or guide us in our decision making process. So we didn't always 
respect all of them, but it gave you a general guidance and a lane to go down. And so the thought is, is before we get into Keep Cell Alone, before we talk about what we like to see from Chelsea as we maybe thin this squad a little bit, or maybe add some players to them, or promote some players from the youth system or the loan system back into the first team, setting the stage with a couple of really solid ideas for how we, and we we crowdsourced some of these, we came up with these on our own, we vetted them with our friend, good friend Joe Tweeds, who'll be on our Keep So Loan episodes, on ideas that Nick could really set the stage for how Chelsea, if we were in charge, this is kind of the thoughts that we would put together for a policy around squad management. What a wild idea, Nick. If we were in charge, dot, dot, dot. First of all, thank God we're not. Um, but but like we, we like having a little bit of fun with this, and that's what the summer's for. Summer's yeah. for fun. This, uh, you know, for as for as much research as as we're going to bring to the table for as many players as we like and have thoughtful opinions on. If you're looking at this episode and going, uh, "Those guys got it all wrong," you're missing the whole point of the thing. Okay, like just let's all just settle ourselves. Uh, I work in advertising. There's there's a saying in advertising: "Give me the freedom of a tight brief," right? So give me the rules of the road so that I can be as creative as I can within those parameters, right? Mm-hmm. Essentially what that means. That's what we're trying to do here. Because as we talk through Keeps Alone, as we talk about transfers this summer, we'll at least have something to recount and go back to and grade against whether it kind of meets our brief or not. And that's what today is going to be all about. Yeah. So, uh, I, again, this is an exercise in opinion. Um, and I would say that we don't try to make flagrant comments on purpose like we try to have a reason behind what we say but again this provides a structure <laughs> this this provides a structure uh and i loved that we crowdsourced some as well right uh, i love it when we get our audience involved because uh the internet Boy, is undefeated that and first uh, one that uh-huh. first one that that's well, this really is, interesting it's, okay. it's funny I, let's huh. look at this right so rookie Moore on instagram says transfer philosophy do whatever nick verlaney says the Simon Cowell of Chelsea punditry. Don't love that, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Brash, poignant, and honest. So careful what you ask for, Nick, because it started off great and took a twist. If I had if I had Simon Cowell's money, we'd be in a much better spot, I'll tell you that. That's but, fair. Um, but look, he's right. We should just that's the brief. We I think we have it nailed down. I can't. Didn't someone follow up with the idea that if we had followed your tenants, maybe why not us wouldn't have turned into us, us, us? I don't know. I mean, I'm just, you know, <laughs> no, highlighting no, no, no. what the people say. No, 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 no. You, you're mistaking having belief in something and it coming true out of your uh, out of your own control to, like, grading something. Those are two different principles. All right? Uh, Thank you. All right. Disagree let's, and agree. Let's roll no. through a couple other ones. Tana on Discord says, buy one American per summer. I'm honestly semi-serious, LOL. Uh, B. Janescu saying, are they on Cameo so we can get Mr. Thurman one when he starts to hate them? <laughs> A.K.A. Uh, really quick backstory. Uh, one of our, our, our dear friends in the Discord, not a big Jorginho fan. I think he would be open and honest about that. Uh, the Discord went and crowdsourced some money, got J5 to do a Cameo saying, hey, Mr. Thurman, and... And anyways, it's just an ongoing joke that'll never die in our Discord. And it's hilarious. So, uh, Mr. Thurman, prepare yourself for whatever trolling might come this summer. Uh, Ricky W25 on Instagram said, must look good with a carbon fiber face mask. Because apparently that is a part of the Amazing. uniform. That's Amazing. That's a superpower suggestion. type thing. Yep. Yeah. yeah. 
Zane, our big time OG buddy, says only sign Norwegian Giants that have scored 27 Bundesliga goals in the 2021 season. Oddly specific, hmm. but could be a recipe for success. Uh, Nate Piacentino says decide if they were worth the investment based solely on their FIFA rating, just like the fans do. <laughs> Thumbs up. And then the cherry on top coming from dear friend Phil at Chelsea says never sign anyone in your face transfer people in your face phil just slamming the door uh i think he means uh non-academy contracts obviously but anyways dan while we appreciate the crowdsource ideas we actually did a little bit of work on our own and came up some of our own suggestions so what did we come up with to help guide this this ksl series coming up well first suggestion tenant number one Aim high, don't settle. Hmm. I think this is a very good full introductory philosophy. You know, we are the current champions of Europe. We have just won our second Champions League trophy. We are in the driver's seat. We are should not be going and making a decision and saying, hey, you know what? Like we're targeting a Holland or a Lukaku. Now let's go sign Danny Ings uh, for, you know, 25, 30 million pounds, 40 million pounds because we need a striker. And I think, Nick, you know, we've seen this window to window where occasionally there's a target available and maybe it's the difference in valuation. Maybe it's a agent fee. Maybe it's a wage structure. But sometimes we have in the past settled for the second option and it has not always worked out well for us. Yeah. A bargain's not always a bargain, huh? Uh, that I think that's a that's a lesson there that that makes a lot of sense. And yeah, I mean to your to your point, Dan. I mean, the, this aim high, don't settle actually works in in multiple ways, right? Because transfer windows are not a bubble; they all get extended based off previous relationships, previous dealings. There's a lot of history involved in a transfer dealing, but it shouldn't change your target, right? Your target should be as Chelsea Football Club to go find the finest players on God's green earth to play football for you, because you can, and a lot of other teams can't. And you want to be champions of Europe again because it's the best feeling in the world. I will say one subset I would add to this as I'm I'm talking through it. And again, we wrote these down. But I'm also thinking that you have to tier your targets. So it's not fixating on one individual to be the ultimate solution. I think we talk about this idea of Holland or Lukaku or Kane, right? Like there's a tier, a top tier, where maybe you could shop within that tier and then there's a tier below that, and there's a tier below that, and you just want to kind of stay within what you would identify, Brandon, as your top tier, and not really go below that in terms of where you're looking to to source, just because you need a body. Like, needing a body is, you know, we'll get to the other suggestions, but like, you should not drop below what you're establishing as the, the floor that you set. Right. Uh, suggestion two, Right. So, so suggested one, aim high, don't settle, and sprinkles on top of that cake. Suggestion two, generalists, not specialists. Why does that matter? Because at Chelsea Football Club, it turns out that the system and manager changes quite frequently, right? So you just kind of want good players capable of playing a lot of different, uh, in a lot of different systems rather than a a person dedicated to a specific style like Sari or Conte or whatever, right? Because that player becomes less useful when Tuchel inevitably leaves in one year's time because of the obvious 
18 you months. You shut your dirty mouth. You shut your <laughs> dirty mouth. He'll have won the Champions League again, and he'll have nowhere else to go. He'll yeah. need a new project. Yep, yep. Uh, yeah, on his own volition. That would be hilarious. <laughs> um, all right, so Dan lists here, and I think are, are very good uh, options. A, a ball-playing goalkeeper for Sarri. Um, more experienced, uh, higher wage earners for Conte. You know, like these these types of players, like you saw Victor Moses out of Conte's system doesn't play for Chelsea again, right? Um, and, and so it's it's making sure that you're buying well-rounded midfielders, well-rounded defenders, a goalkeeper who can play in almost any system, and a striker who can sc- score goals, uh, I think, is the... That's how I'd phrase that one. The operative phrase? Yeah. So, um, but yeah, the, the, the point being that you you want to have someone as a player who can function in many different systems. That's all. Well, and, and look, I think a good example is maybe someone like Alonzo, right? He is not by any means the best left back in the world, but has he been able to play in a back four occasionally and in a midfield? I know you're cringing right now as you say that, and maybe people are cringing as they hear that, but like we have over time brought people in to the side who can do more than one position or work in multiple systems. Look at like Reese James is someone right now who can play right center back. He can play, you know, the right wing back position. He can, in a pinch, do a DM type of opportunity, CDM kind of role. So like we have that positional flexibility and that gives you then your, your sub bench, Brandon, has some really unique depth to it. But I think the, the key point is that like you, you're not trying to make managers unhappy. Like you want to work in concert with the manager to come up with targets that will help improve the side. But more likely, as the steward of Chelsea, to Nick's point, which would make me sad, like managers leave, players are typically on three, five, seven year lifespans with the club. Managers are typically on eighteen to twenty four months, and so you just have to be more future planned you can take their advice into consideration but it shouldn't be sign everybody they want i mean you only had no anyways um i understand what you're saying obviously you're gonna need a couple specialists probably but the idea is a lot of them can play for multiple managers and i think that's important the uh, the third one that we have is is probably the the biggest one for me is emphasize mentality and culture fit uh, I think this is something that fans also are really drawn towards as well. Um, so, you know, this window, we added Chilwell, Havertz, Mendy, Silva, and Werner. And they all, it seems like, I mean, Thiago Silva winning this award, uh, they bought into being Chelsea. I think Ben Chilwell loves playing for Chelsea. Kai Havertz, after winning it, doesn't give a fuck, loves Chelsea. And obviously, Benjamin Mendy, or I'm sorry, Edouard Mendy. I was thinking Bendy Mendy, so <laughs> messed me up. But uh, Edouard Mendy, him coming in, I mean, and giving the opportunity to step up in the biggest moments, uh, and he delivered, like, he will definitely be Chelsea through and through. And, and Timo Werner, his running was enough to earn the adornment of the fans. So, again, the mentality and culture fit. And I think mentality is something that we've talked about over the last couple of seasons, about being concerned with this team. Um, so winning the biggest, you know, prize of them all hopefully should give them that winner's mentality and that champion's mentality that we want, but we can't ruin that egos, you know, people who, who maybe, you know, are outside of the culture that we have going on. We have a bit of a younger squad, some things like that to think about. So, you know, 
Just just throwing that out there. It's it's a winning mentality, right? It, and and it's actually something that I give uh, my boy Timo Werner a lot of credit for this season. Is like, look, the man did not have a good year. Um, you know, all all said and done, it was not his finest hour this season. Uh, he managed to have a goal line clearance against Leeds when he was trying to do the other thing, right? But to be fair to him, and I think this is something that I respect about him, he didn't run away from it. He didn't hide. He didn't shrink. He was, you know, for as much as he got chances that I, I believe some other players deserved as well, he was honest about, you know, where he was as a player and what he needed to do to get better. And, you know, I think that kind of mentality takes you a lot further than, uh, let's say a Morata or someone like that. Fair. Well, I think the next suggestion that we would have is not something that Chelsea is keen to do because we are seen as shrewd negotiators when it comes to selling players or loaning players. But I think we need to take an accounting L when necessary. Like there are people who have been on our books and I will not name them individually, but you would imagine that at this point we would have found a pathway for them to not be a player that we have to manage or potentially be associated with or let them get on with their professional playing career in a way that they could make them their own decisions. Uh, Instagram pictures with buckets of champagne aside, you know, like there are people who could find different clubs to play for. And, you know, we, we just we bought that like you have to be able to hold your hands up and say we made a mistake. And I think we do that sometimes through indefinitely loaning that individual until we can find some level of minute value, whether that's two to three to four million. Like what's going to happen with Mishi? Like what's going to happen with Drinkwater, Zavacosta? Like we have a couple players who are still in our books that would shock you. And we are just, we are the pride of London, but maybe we are too prideful at points, Nick, in terms of how we will <laughs> not move away from these and uh, admit failure. Just as it's easy to uh, hypothetically spend the owner's money, it's just as easy to say, hey, you should just uh, <laughs> burn it. Take a huge loss on this one, pal. Um, so that's what we're doing here. So I agree with Dan. Um, let's get these players out for a massive loss and call it a day. Huh? All right. Hey, but you know the good news is Marine will get something. You know, I, I, every now and then I think there's a couple that you got to take the L on. And I think Chelsea has been known to hold on far too long and almost force players onto managers when they really have no business being there. And I think those are the ones we really want to, you know, pinpoint and cut out. So, um, all right, we've got five more rules, but uh, we're going to take a quick break. So, as always, we want to we want to thank the people that are supporting us, not necessarily just the advertisers, but on Patreon. We've got Aditya, Aditya, Cody, who jumped in on the monthly sub, Ardale Hall coming in with his, I love this, every year. He does his annual donation. Uh, love it. Appreciate it. Having you back. Alex, who just joined, also sent us a, a, a very kind email. Uh, then Braxton for upgrading. And then lastly, Apple Podcast, Pat Mandu, Fiddler on the Car. Chelsea, huge fan. One, two, three, four, Eva. Shirts. Dropping them. Buy the shirts. We have shirts and stuff. They're yeah. good. You should buy them. Yeah. Look, you've got all summer, realistically, to get that shirt, but you might as well get it now so you can wear it the rest of the summer. Um, we're rolling. So thank you to these sponsors for financially supporting the show. Uh, we'll be right back. All right, Nick, flip side of the break, you're up. Uh, this is one of our favorite core tenets, right? This is one that 
I think has come into a massive uh, kind of renaissance at Chelsea, uh, even though for some time we were frustrated about it. Play the youth. Trust the youth. Play the youth. Youth uh, spelled Y-O-O-F. Youth. We should we should get Phil to change his handle to Chelsea Youth. Youth. Okay, so <laughs> well, he should he just should change the display name for like yeah. the one day just yeah. so that we can get the screenshot and then he can put same it styling and everything. Um, so look, I think Joe has been on the show before. Said this. Phil has been on the show. Said this. We have said this. Everybody is in alignment with this. You have a bunch of talented players coming through Cobham. You know, what's scary is that Phil said we haven't even seen the best come through yet. We've seen some pretty damn good ones uh, in Mason Mount, Reese James, Tammy Abraham, on and on and on. You get your Tino Andrews of the world, your Levermentos coming through, all this stuff. Why in the hell would you ever buy Danny Drinkwater again when you have a player that is equivocal in your youth setup that you've already paid for through training uh, in your academy that you could plug in? and spend a larger sum on a better generalist player, right? Yeah. As, uh, to tie through all of these themes in, into one. These kids love Chelsea. They grew up playing for Chelsea. They have a special bond with the club. And it just doesn't make sense to, to train. You know, not everyone's going to be good enough for Chelsea. Let me put that out there, right? Like, not everyone's ready. But for the ones who are, why would you train them, do everything to bring them up, and then just let them go be awesome somewhere else. That's dumb. Or, I hate that. Or the, the worst part is you buy someone for 30, 35 million who's really not yeah, – Exactly. But, like, not even that. Let's just say, it, you know, you take that out of it. Like, they're just not going to play a lot anyways. So now you just spent that much money on someone who's really going to ride the bench a lot. And then, like you said with the financials, you don't have to pay a transfer fee, Right. And if you want to be really cynical, they will take a lot less than a, an existing pro from another country. Because anytime a pro, they can come to England, they know they're getting a big old pay rise because the Premier League pays the most in wages. So again, it just seems to be win, 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 uh, especially when it comes to rounding out squad depth. I mean, look, only the top teams have three you know, fully professional left backs. And this is the new play. Well, I think the point that you highlighted and, and Nick also teed in on is when you think about the value that a club has to put on the books every year for a player that we purchase, it's the wages plus the transfer fee divided by the number of years that the contract is for. So like Keppa has a seven-year contract or had a seven-year contract is dwindling down. Um, but his whole transfer fee was divided over seven years and we were paying, you know, 10 or 13, 14 million per year plus his wages. For a academy promote, you're playing just wages. And so that is a monumental difference and actually is what enabled us to do what we did last summer, which is blow through a ton of cash from the owner and buy really, really talented players upgrade. I would say I think Keppel was uh, just a, a failed approach on that one he was not coming in to be a backup <laughs> we were expecting him to replace Thibaut Courtois and learned something a little different but uh the amortization and the math on that checks out Dan I appreciate that uh number six right accept the risk of conflict and I'm all about this and to be fair 
the best managers and the best boards need to have some cojones when it comes to this. And what we mean by accepting what the are risk cojones, Brandon? Please tell us. <laughs> uh, UrbanDictionary.com, please. Uh, so what we mean by this is uh, bringing in big players might upset the depth, might upset the incumbent in that role. Uh, it might mean some players reevaluate their future at Chelsea, but at the end of the day, you can't please every player. And a manager has a remit for the utmost success at Chelsea. They got to do what they got to do. Uh, the most recent one of this is probably, oh no, Mason, Kai Havertz is coming. Oh no, Tammy, Timo Werner's coming. And again, they embraced that challenge. Obviously, Tammy's was kind of taken out of his control. Mason stepped up and we saw another amazing level out of him. Accept the risk of conflict. We need two top players, Dan, in every single position because of all of the competitions that Chelsea are in. And we it goes back to mentality first, competition second. And it's not to say that you're going to just look for every opportunity you have to be a chaos agent, right? They're not going to say, like, let's figure out how we could absolutely disrupt what we're trying to do. But I think there are times where if the right player is available, and I think, you know, maybe this is the situation where, look, I, I'm not necessarily solely on the idea of going to sign Hakimi right now, because I feel like we're really good in that position. We've got a youth player that's got some potential with Lieberamento. We have Aspi, who is still doing a very strong job. We've got Reese James. We've got Callum. We've got solutions in that area, but... I'm also not opposed to the idea of signing someone who is proven and has shown an ability to be successful and to contribute. And so, you know what, is it my first, just, you know, is it the first signing I would make if I was injected into the Chelsea decision-making process tomorrow? No, but am I okay with signing really, really talented players and trying to figure out if we can make it better through competition? Yes, I think that's a really great idea. Seems seems pretty rash and reasonable, actually. So, um, all right. Well, back to you, Dan. So don't shop from a single stall. So I think there are and have been times where we have gone to the same markets that everybody is going to buy from. And look, when we have done business in Italy, it has not always gone quickly. We have found ourselves in prolonged negotiations. We have found ourselves in situations where we can put together a loan and it's a loan with like a option to buy versus like a commitment to buy and then haggling over the buyout price. Like I think, you know, there is there always an investment that has to be made in terms of your scouting infrastructure. There's a personnel investment uh, that is required. Like if you're going to have someone actually go and watch games, like that is a massive outlay of cost to go do that effectively. But you, know, you look at just where there are opportunities in the market, right? Like, we just saw Thiago Silva come in. People were worried about like, oh, you know, Ligon, like, is that actually going to acclimatize well? Part of it's probably him being a great player, but also part of it was like, you know, there was concern around that. Like, could you go sign more players from that league now where there is some massive financial insecurity within the club structures and take advantage of a market-based opportunity? And so I think that's where Nick, like, yeah, it's great to go buy someone from you know, top team, the top one or two or three teams in any of the other kind of major leagues. But it's also good to look for like, where can you go find both talent and value to inject and not always like I think Leicester has done this exceptionally well. When you look at who they've brought into the Premier League and then who they sell like one to two years later for, you know, 
five to 10 times the value of what they acquired them for. Like we can be smarter by being a little bit more disruptive within our purchasing. Yeah. I mean, it's also not leagues or teams either, right? There's the, the super agent that you have to worry about along the way too. Uh, that's a big part of this, you know, system. And I know we'll get to a little bit of that later, but I, you know, I, I agree. I think the transfer window is so funny to me because everybody knows who is good. <laughs> like it, it ain't a secret, you know, it's just, there's a lot of film out there, a lot of film out there, man. And there's going to be even more after the tournament this summer too. It's like, you know, it's like, there's, there's just a lot going on. So it's like teams who think there are sneaky little secrets or whatever, like there, there, there are a few and, and, Joe, Joe will talk about a couple of them that he's been looking at already, but you know, everyone knows that Holland's good. Go make the best pitch. Who? Go try and win the business. Like, uh, you know, it, it is a little bit like that. And so that there are times where you can't avoid the single stall. Borussia mm-hmm. Dortmund is the stall that you need to go buy from. <laughs> right. So like, I'm going a little bit counter to this, but like, yeah, spreading it out and putting out multiple offers can somehow sometimes help you get leverage. But we know we want the big Norwegian, so you know it's you know, I don't know <laughs> the uh, big Norwegian. I <laughs> yeah. love it. Um, my my next one is kind of along the same track, right? Employ tricks of the trade. Um, there are there are little things that can happen that can make deals work maybe turn the wheels a little bit grease the skids sometimes those things are buyback options sometimes those are negotiating a sell-on fee sometimes those are loans with obligations <clears throat> uh, i.e. Marata. Uh, some you know sometimes there are just different types of packages that you can put together the the rarest of all is the player swap um you, you, you never player swaps don't happen they don't they, Nope. They don't happen. <laughs> they don't. And it's it's the American in me that got used to trades, right? Talent for talent trades in a lot of ways that it, when I started watching European soccer, I'm like, no, there's, this is just straight up capitalism. Just go buy who you want and leave the rest. <laughs> like, So anyway, I all of these things can be used. It doesn't mean that they need to be used all the time. And it doesn't mean they're going to work all the time, right? But when you have the opportunity... Uh, like Marina has done, especially in selling players, where I think she's been exceptionally good, uh, then you got to use those. And so, you know, to get $50 million from Murata after what he did at Chelsea Football Club is a fucking miracle. It is a miracle. Well, I mean, I think, you know, you look at situations where, look, would I love to have Tamori back in this side vying for an opportunity this upcoming season? Yeah, absolutely. But will the 28 to 30 million pounds that we net out for him in a transfer fee help fund part of purchasing Holland or signing Hakimi or whomever it is going to be? Yes. Like that, that is part of using your infrastructure and using deals appropriately. Like the, also, like how do we get more buyback type of situations, right? Like when we are, we are players, we know that, hey, we're going to send them out alone. We would prefer a buyback opportunity might mean we sell them for a lower cost today, but having that first right to re-sign them potentially is a really great avenue to have. Because I think the other thing, Brandon, people lose is that when you send someone out on loan, like there's no 
requirement necessarily. Like there's a hope that it's going to be great for them, but there's no requirement that that player is going to get developed beyond maybe someone else in their own infrastructure. Whereas if you're selling them to them, they are now their player. And so their obligation, their commitment to minutes and development and training is going to be much higher because there's a relationship versus a temporary individual within their squad. All good points, gentlemen. But I'd like to come in with almost the biggest one. And and this is probably important this most is like years. Soccernomics 101. But up. it is the most important during international tournament years. Number nine, don't be swayed by the moment. There is nothing worse than an international tournament recency bias. And it's hard because yep. an agent will say, did you see what my my player James Rodriguez did in the World Cup? A hundred million. And then you buy him and now he's at Everton four years later. And you just go, hmm. And probably not even good, good enough for them, to be honest. Uh, injuries, unfortunately. But the point being, it rarely translates. International football, the, the emotion is so much different. Um, the, the scenarios are so much different. Wild things happen, right? And it's just, and that's why we love it. But again, please don't recency bias. Please don't pay the euro tax. Like, have your plan, know your value, stick to it. Bada bing, bada boom. Bada bing, bada boom, indeed, my man. Um, I, I think this is the, the Arsene Wenger was famous for this rule. Uh, it's it's well published in, in Soccernomics. If you haven't read that, I would highly encourage you to do so. It's a, it's a really good book. Um, this Euro tax is just watch it happen. Just watch it. The tournament's over in July. Transfer window goes till late August. Watch it. Someone's going to overpay for a person that underperforms in league play because no. they were because they were charged up in to play with their national team. Every player worth their salt is charged up to play with their national team. It's the, it's the pride that you have to play for your country. Sometimes you even play better for your national team than you do for your club team where you have better relationships and more training and everything else because you have that extra push. Yeah, you're, Gareth Bale. In your, well, that's, <laughs> that's Chelsea's Gareth Bale, do you think, very much. <laughs> um, <laughs> Damn it. Remember, remember, Wales golf Chelsea. That's, that's Gareth, Gareth Bale now. Um, Look, I, I just, I know it's going to happen. I know that, like, I remember the Iceland team in, in 2016 after the Euros. Man, those Icelandic players were all over Europe after that tournament. <laughs> they were getting bought. I think Gudmundsen still plays for Burnley, um, something like that. But, you know, it's, it's just, you, you fall in love, right? You fall in love with these storylines. You fall in love with these players because the moment's so intense. But as a business person, and and I don't believe Marina is one of these people, so I think we're in safe hands here. She's you not watching the Euros at all. You you just can't you can't let it affect your decision making. You can't you know you can't get in, and it sucks because as a human, you want you fall in love. You fall in love with these with these players, these storylines. As a business person, you can't. Dan, finish, number ten. So I would say, you know. I- core tenant of things like writing is you know you maintain all the rules until you need to break them and this one number 10 is break your rules for the guy but not every guy and so i think chelsea has done a really good job over the years of saying hey you know what like we have 
a policy around players over 30. You know, we have a wage structure that we believe in and we're going to maintain. And like, this is the person we're going to establish the ceiling at for what our salary is going to be, you know, what our spend is going to be. We're going to do bonuses based upon winning trophies and not on league position because we're not Arsenal. So, I mean, there's a lot of really good things that the club has done to build up a structure to kind of have an understanding where a player and an agent, if they go, hey, we want this, they could be like, well, you can see our track record is very visible on how we operate in these scenarios. And you know what? Have we been on the wrong side of it? Probably. Have we been on the right side of it? Probably more than, than not. I would say yes. But I think there also is the moment where you say, hey, you know what? This player is seemingly at a level that is not easily replicatable by 99% of the rest of footballers. And in those type of scenarios, if you have the belief, because like part of it's stats, part of it is also a belief. You have to believe that that person is that individual. And you've established that that is a 1% talent. Break the rule for it. I, I think that, you know, you can also get caught up in this idea of like, well, we have rules, we have standards, we built this up, we're going to be disruptive, like to the rest of the organization. Players are going to get it. You know, players are going to get this understanding, Nick, of like, hey, you know what? If we brought in, you know, we use his name multiple times, I think it's the best benchmark for it right now. If we brought in Holland, people are like, well, he scores a shit ton of goals and seemingly has no off switch. So I understand why he is now our top earner. Is there a knock-on effect we're going to have to deal with? Absolutely. But you just have to be prepared for what the you know ramifications are. But that's, that's what you do when you bring in top talent. I mean, it's almost as if, Dan, rules are made to be broken. Um, <laughs> Was there a point to doing this episode then? <laughs> uh, well, I, it's, it, but, but your point is, is, is valid, though. In, in a system and in a high-performance outfit like Chelsea Football Club, you should want someone to come in on high wages if you're another player. Because, yeah, it may suck to not, you know, for N'Golo Conte to be the best player in the world, which he is right now, and to not be your top wage earner anymore because young, hotshot, big big Norwegian guy comes in uh, and starts banging in the goals. But if you don't think that gives you leverage in your next contract negotiations, having been the Ballon d'Or winner uh, from central midfield, you're out of your fucking mind. I mean, that's what it is. And, and also, I believe as we saw this year, that competition breeds outcomes. Like That's what these guys are meant to do. You're pissed off that the big Norwegian guy got a bunch of money? Go get it for yourself. Like That's that's all it is. So I, I, I love this because to me it's like, look, if you, if you were given the chance in 2009 to sign Cristiano Ronaldo – and you, were, and, and you were just like, no, I don't know. It's like 30000 a week more than we're willing to pay. You're the dumbest person on the planet right now. Like that's – I mean that's really it. And like so you, you can't skimp out. You can't hold fast to something without any flexibility because you may miss out on someone who will then take you to the Champions League final four or five times or whatever and win four of them. Like can you imagine four more Champions League trophies in our cabinet? Yeah, actually. Yeah, I can. It would look really good. It, I, and frankly, having been to one, I would like to go to four more. Uh, but, you know, it's just one of those deals where it's like you can't be so rigid, Brandon, that it 
you lose out on the opportunity. I think it's it's like FOMO one on one. Well, let me give you two examples of uh, times Chelsea have done this. One, I'm pretty sure they give Angola Conte a new mini twice a year. Keep him fresh. <laughs> That's right. Probably unlimited car washes, right? Clean his rims for him so he's right. ready to go. Two, I mean, we even bought Kai Havertz a dog. <laughs> you know, things that the club do to go above and beyond for the superstars. Best it's, it's important. It's important. Yeah. Look, it's just, you guys know what we're saying. And it, it, it really, this last one is the one when you look at the major talent out there, the, the names that everybody knows. You're, if you're Chelsea Football Club and you're Marina, it doesn't mean you don't try and get the best deal that you can, obviously. Right? And, and make the best structure that you can for the club because you've worked a long time to make to put that structure in place. But if the diff, if you're splitting hairs over 30000 a week for a guy like Holland, you're thinking about it all wrong. Yeah, that, That's all I'm saying. To, to your point, top players want to play with other top players. It just makes their job easier. And it increases their chances of winning trophies. Well, so the, the recruiting, right, then becomes easier on the yeah. other side too. Yep. I don't know. New Sounds level. awesome. Yeah, new new financial package level. So like it. Um, what about this? Are there any others that maybe we haven't touched on that you guys feel are important? I mean, I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty good at where we're at. I, I it'll be funny to see if we can actually hold all of these tenants throughout uh, our KSL episode. But hey, that's uh, future our problem. Um, I don't know, Dan. So as we as we're talking through it, there was one that came back to mind for me that I didn't include down here, but it's no we're competing against. Like we are not competing against the Burnleys and Newcastles of the world. Burnley's getting a lot of talk time today, by the way. (laughs) I know. I don't know why. We're just really afraid of Turf Moor. Um, The Ginger Mourinho. Like, look, we are competing against a a small segment of top clubs in European football. And you have to keep pace and continue to refresh and invigorate the side to stay competitive with a Manchester City, with a Man United, with a... PSG with a Byron with a Real Madrid like like the benchmark yourself appropriately and evaluate what what would my primary competition do in this scenario if resourcing and if limited funds were available how would they approach these type of situations because I think that we can get caught up with this idea like we need to go win the the Premier League we need to go be more efficient than Manchester City and Manchester United, like they are the they, they were the two most efficient sides in the Premier League this season. Those are how you should benchmark yourself. We should not be saying, "Cool, we want to have you know this this great squad." Like we need to think about like what are we doing to stay competitive with the top clubs in all of European football, so that we maintain an appropriate standard. Because we are not again Burnley or Bournemouth, whomever it is, we are not really in competition with them. We are in competition with a very small number of clubs to be marginally better in the finest areas so that we can go be truly competitive in all four competitions. Uh, well, sorry, six, because we have a club World Cup and we're going to have a um, Super Cup. So we're yeah. going to have more competitions this year, but we're going to be competitive win. in all of them. Got to win that goddamn Super Cup and the, and the Club World Cup just to complete the old cabinet. 100%. Um, yeah, look, that's 100% right. You're competing with City. You're competing with Bayern. You're competing with PSG. United. Like, those are the clubs. And they they have money, too. And sometimes you're going to lose. 
That's okay. A lot, a lot of times at Chelsea Football Club, you win, though. <laughs> so be okay if we miss out on the player that you like. That's fine. That's another rule that we can make up. Just be fine. We still got a great team. Uh, my last one is one that probably is my biggest bugaboo and the most annoying thing on the planet to me. Stop making decisions about players because you saw a YouTube highlight reel of their finest moments. Buying a player is far more about what this player is capable of doing over 90 minutes and the direct impacts that they make to a game and to a system and to a team and their attitude and their character and their personality or whatever than it is about the 30 seconds of highlights that you find on YouTube. Stop doing this. Stop sharing out highlight reels. We all know, you know the big Nord, I would say, uh, scores goals. He's quite good, right? And, and look, sometimes they're just fun to watch. But am I making a determination about a player in, in Keep Sell Loan or any of our transfer pods because I saw 35 seconds on whatever? No, man. And if you don't think Chelsea scouts and, and managers have – a better sense of these players than, than you do off of 90 seconds of YouTube. Like check yourself. Man. It's just crazy to me. Stop doing it. You're killing Nick, me. You need, you need to brand it as uh, don't be the TikTok talent evaluator. Like don't let it be the shortest type of evaluation. Like really try to actually absorb full match content and, and make notes and understand. And, and I'm not telling you to not like players. That's not what I'm saying. I just don't want to see someone justify it by going, oh, look what he did. Like, yeah, it's, it's so stupid to me. It's why they're called hype videos, right? It's yeah, supposed man. to elicit hype from you. Um, just real quick, as we wrap up here, I want to remind everyone kind of where Chelsea are at on from a net spend perspective. This is uh, commonly, oh, commonly wow. used. Bringing that back. Yeah, com- commonly Arson used to be. compare. Woo. Look. Last year, Chelsea splashed the cash, right? We double spent our biggest rivals being Manchester City and Aston Villa and Tottenham because <laughs> apparently they're the three that broke $100 million. Chelsea were at 207 okay? Um, the season before, we were plus $123 million. If you remember, we kind of sold a few players and actually signed none. Thank you, Ooh. FIFA. Uh, so it's, it's been a, a big up and down a little bit, but we're negative 320 million over the last five years. Um, it's kind of funny to see where other teams go, but the United's and the cities from Manchester are both over negative 600 million in net spend. And I, I, again, there's a lot of way to parse this. It shows that they're spending a lot. I think Chelsea always has a lower net spend because we're much better at selling than those clubs and they're willing to overspend. But again, we have to keep that that pace and what an opportunity to spend big and smartly this summer because we're the champions of europe like our attractability factor it's not you can't get higher really like maybe if you want to double but like winning the champions league with tuchel in charge and and again not being a retirement party but a welcoming to the party type of an outing uh, is again such a, a massive opportunity i just were so excited to uh chelsea to double down on what they did last summer continue to invest smartly you you couldn't be more right on that i mean the chelsea's an attractive outfit anyway right we're an attractive club anyway you add in the fact that if you come and play for Chelsea, you have a young core of players who are going to be around 
seven, eight years, nine years, ten years, and you you think about the types of success you can have with that young that young squad, a hungry guy like that's a that's a really attractive option, far more attractive than when Eden joined us in in thirteen. So uh, I, I think that it should be all good vibes this summer, man. We should oh, just yeah. be having a party. Let's have some fun with this. Let's go buy some really talented players. Let's sell the ones that we know aren't going to be a part of the future of the squad. And let's just make this thing bigger and better. That's all. Hot pod summer. Hot, hot pod summer is here. Hot pod summer. I, uh, I'm kind of disappointed that you guys stole my thunder because that was only in a text thread. And now I can't take credit for something I did. So Brandon made Shit. Brandon made his first contribution <laughs> to this podcast. Seven and a half hot, years in. With... with with hot pod summer, and by the way, if you don't think we're printing shirts, baby, <laughs> we are. <laughs> Dan, you're gonna need a bigger apartment. Here we go, boys and girls. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, before we head out, just some quick housekeeping, Nick. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's summer. It doesn't mean we're sitting on our hands not doing anything. Oh, come on. I either, arguably, this is our big busiest time of year. <laughs> Absolutely. So we just did a hundred billion episodes for you this year. Uh, this is. Uh, episodes 135, 136, and 137 uh, since our new season started uh, back last summer. Uh, that That's happening. Uh, also, a milestone coming up, episode six fucking hundred. <laughs> Stop. Six hundred. There are people who have listened to us almost 600 times. And for you, you deserve a medal. Like uh, some sort of commendation, <laughs> some sort of plaque, like YouTube gives to the big, big accounts out there. So you can hold up and go, I, I've wasted a lot of my life listening to these <laughs> yeah. guys. Um, yeah. So, so this week, uh, you're hearing this. This is five ninety nine, right? <laughs> Six hundred is coming later this week, and it's and it, it's honestly the perfect episode. Yeah. Keep so long. Come yeah. on, man. It's, like, a, it's a temple. It's a temple of the London is Blue experience, Keeps yeah. Alone. Like, it is something that we've been known for, often imitated, never duplicated. It is something that is germane to us, and we enjoy doing it, which is great. And uh, people love it. So we're happy to provide. So we're, we, we are planning to do a thing. We're going to do some sort of, like, give back, give away, thank you with our, with our 600th episode because it – it means a ton to us that you guys have kept us fired up and going all these years and that we've been able to continually deliver content to to the masses for free out there if you if you choose to listen to it. I just I just laugh thinking back to prior seasons and like you look at our stats over all these years and this is probably like a different podcast that we get into it but it's like there was a there's a point in time where we were doing like 40 episodes in a season and now we're doing 140 <laughs> a season which is just it's a pot every three stop days. being so competitive chelsea Bonkers. god <laughs> yeah and we've obviously continued to just go wild and and get in as many as we can too but uh yeah uh 140 episodes or whatever we've got this season so uh, it's great winning champions league going far in, in cup competitions like this is this is fun we should keep doing that i mean look this is just, it's just the most fun that we have. Like the fact that we were able to see each other in Porto and get a, get a hug it out a little <laughs> bit was, was phenomenal. And, uh, we have, a, you know, we have 
summer planning coming up. You're going to find an end of season survey coming up uh, in your inboxes, which will be fun. Uh, and that'll give you a chance to have some real tangible impact on the show as we move into next year. We're going to do a ton of episodes this summer, as you'll well know. Uh, we have perhaps, Dan, a live event coming up. Shh, oh, shh. oh, crazy. That's probably more, yeah, a little more information on Keep Selling episodes about that one. But uh, yeah, yeah, we, yeah, we'll be together in July. You know, that's exciting. We're going to go uh, crash in Minneapolis and uh, absolutely disrupt Brandon Busby's uh, life. You know, by being in his hood. And, you know, look, we uh, we enjoy spending time together. And we enjoy the time we get to spend with you who, who listen. So thank you for doing so. All right. That's going to wrap us up. Uh, again, next episode's coming at you. are going to be Keep Sell Alone. It's going to be a multiple-part series. Uh, so stay ahead. Joe Tweet's going to be joining us for that one. Um, yeah. Merch, Patreon, jump in. Discord is, is obviously... Um, wildly uh, popular right now with the Euros and all the other uh, kind of continental competitions. Um, so if you're bored and need some friends, we got them. So anyways, that's going to wrap us up, Chelsea fans. Again, thank you, as always, for being a part of us. But until next time, you know what to do. Keep the blue flag flying high.